Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It is uh, March. What is it, March? Hold on. What is it, March 20th? There we go. Good reader. March 20th, 2023. And thanks for being with us today. Got a treat for you. Mike Lubelfeld is here. Uh, Dr. Mike is the uh, superintendent of North Shore School District 112, one of the leading lights of superintendents. He's laughing as I say that, but he is, okay, across the country, runs a number of cohorts and all that sort of stuff, and is really involved in superintendencies across the country. But it's North Shore School District 112 in Highland Park and Highland, uh, Highwood, Illinois, that sort of takes the... Uh, the important part of his day, I would say, since he's superintendent there, he's going to tell us all about what's going on in the district. And this is a district, i got to tell you, that uh, was involved, not involved, but it's part of the uh, world of the horrible uh, July 4th uh, parade uh, mass shooting that occurred. And it affected uh, people in his district, and it's right there, and we're going to talk about how they uh, – Work their way through that from from the summer last year, just a, a terrible event. So it's going to it's going to be an excellent excellent show to find out what's going what's going on over there. And uh, Mike, who has a national touch, he's the author of three books, etc. Will give us some good advice on what's going on if you're a superintendent these days. It ain't easy, and uh, he's the man we're going to be talking to. We're going to archive the show over. I'm, I'm, did I say I'm Larry Jacobs? I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre K Twelve Education Talk Radio, and um, we're going to archive the show over at Ace Ace Ace. I can't talk this morning. It's Monday. Ace Dash Ed dot org. Ace Dash Ed dot org. Okay, go over there. Our magazine, Equity and Access, is over there as well as everything we do. All the podcasts, links to the other websites, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We're all about equity at the American Consortium for Equity and Education, and that's over again at Ace Dash Ed dot org. And everything we do over there is free for you, so please check it out. And enjoy it, ace-ed.org. And hopefully, Mike will get my tongue working better. I hope so. Uh, Doug. <laughs> Absolutely. Good morning, Good morning Larry. It's 8, o'clock. it's 8 o'clock for you, 9 o'clock for me on a Monday morning. I appreciate you being here. And uh, sorry for my blah, blah, blah here. I'm like, what can I tell you? Well, I'll tell you, the sun is shining here in uh, north suburban Chicago, and I'm happy to be speaking with you, and I'm smiling. So even if you're a little tongue-tied, it's a pleasure to be on the show and a pleasure to reconnect with you, Larry. Good, Thank good you, morning. Buddy. Good morning to happy you. And spring. I'm so happy spring. Yeah, I think it's today a, is spring, yeah. No, it's, it's tomorrow. It's, tomorrow. it's March 21st, isn't it? It's tomorrow, right? Ah, okay. Well, we're close. Happy almost we're spring. Close. We're close, and welcome to spring. We're supposed to get, I just read, I live in Maine, as you know, Mike, and we're supposed to get yes. to five to eight inches of snow on Saturday. I just That's read that. That's not very spring-like. I don't, I don't no, know if I support that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, by the way, in Maine, can I give a quick shout-out to the Maine Superintendent of the Year, Jeremy Ray? He's a good absolutely. friend of mine and a great leader, so I'm happy to tip my hat to your fellow Mainer, uh, Jeremy Ray. Would you do me a favor and introduce me to Jeremy? In an email I sure will. Today. Absolutely. Do that, yeah. Do you know his district? Which district is he in? I didn't know this. I think he's in Biddeford, if I but I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. And I know he's you got are. he's got two organizations actually. Um he's one of those double superintendent, double board superintendents. Mm-hmm. And okay. he's a great guy. And uh, Nick Poliak and I met him and befriended him at the AASA National Superintendent Certification Program uh several years ago on the East Coast cohort. 
Well, I'll be darned. Well, please introduce me to him. We'll get him on the show. Let him talk about what's going on in Maine. Biddeford is about 30 minutes from where I live. We go over there oh, all the time. Oh, come on. Small yeah, world. Perfect. I love it. it you is. got it, Larry. You, yeah, you got another you. guest I, I, coming. <laughs> I appreciate that, Mike, and I do want to get him on, and we'll be we'll be talking and getting to know each other, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we, we always enjoy this. We always laugh a lot, et cetera, et cetera, but you guys went through hell last year, okay, and um, – COVID. I just found out a good friend of ours went on a cruise. She's got COVID. She's in the hospital. Oh, still going all out there. Yeah, she's okay. You know, she'll be better. But we just found I'm that out sorry. this morning. It's still going on out there. So, you know, we got to yeah. be careful. Okay, but we went through that school-wise. And mm. then on top of that, you had the horrible, horrible misfortune oh. to, to to have the uh, July 4th parade shooting in your in your district. And by the way, I have to say, that there's multiple districts for, for towns in Chicago. I think everybody knows yeah. this by now uh, because yeah. high schools and elementary schools are separated as different districts. But uh, tell us about, uh, and I have to say it this way, that uh, I'm going to, we all know it's a horrible experience, so I'm not going to say sure. that anymore, but just tell us about how that affected the, the schools, the teachers, the July 4th shooting and, and yes. how you guys coped with that. I think that's really important. You guys had to start the year with that, so to speak. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, you know, we yeah. we ended last school year with, with the horror of Uvalde in May of 2022. Uh, so right. um, in our district, we reoriented ourselves towards reopening after the COVID restrictions, and we actually had our board hire a national security safety firm to do an audit. We hired them in June. Good. So we didn't even know, you know, that we were going to, quote, unquote, need it sooner, right? Yes. So, Larry, we were already oriented towards, our, you know, recalibrating our safety and security. So we end our school year in June. We hire the safety consultant. We think we can take catch a breath. We'll have a nice summer. We'll come back. Everything will be fine. However, on July 4th, the um, the unspeakable, you know, happened here, and the yeah. unspeakable, and we're so tired of joining the list of, of American cities uh, and, and people having to deal with this. And I won't even get into all that. I'll simply say to you this. Um, I'll tell you what we went through. I'll tell you the horror. I'll tell you how we got out of it, and I'll give you some positive linings, you know, and possible advice Absolutely. for people in, in my, my, my position. So the bottom line was, although schools were closed and it was summer vacation, so to speak, uh, we did have summer school starting a couple of days later. We have about 500 oh, wow. kids in summer school. We wow. also had a couple hundred of our own kids with their parents and families just by normal being citizens attending the parade. We also had oh a number of our parent groups deciding to go and, and celebrate it, you know, and be there. Also, even though the high school is not our district, these are still our kids and our people. We had the high school Absolutely. football team, the high school band. Larry, one of the victims is a school superintendent up here in Lake County. She's a mom of ours. Two of her boys were shot, too, three oh. in the family. So oh. when I tell you that the seven who were murdered and God, you know, made, made their each of their memories be for a blessing, and, and may we always think fondly of them, and I think 46-plus wounded, some paralyzed for life, uh, others yep. emotionally scarred for life, others with a combination of physical. When I tell you that it was a shock beyond words and unspeakable, I, I, you know, believe me, I, I'm, I'm kidding. There are no captured. words. There's yeah, no there words. are no words. Yeah. So from a school perspective, uh, the high school superintendent and I were on the phone probably one minute after the news, you know, had broke. And we decided, while we really didn't know what to do, because there's no playbook for this, Larry. 
we simply decided we were going to open his high school the next day for counseling. And we just, we called everybody in Lake County. We called everybody we knew. We need help. We don't know what we need. Send whoever you have. So what we did is while the city and the police and everybody were dealing with all of that and the first responders and all of that, that horror that those you know, young men and women have to have to deal with for the rest of their lives, yeah. while we had all sorts of elected officials on-site victims of this mass shooting, which is really, you know, crazy, just crazy, we in the schools decided to mobilize, and it was what I'll call adrenaline leadership. We weren't really sure what exactly we were doing other than we had to do yeah. something, Larry, to keep our own sanity, and we're called to serve. So the only thing we knew how to do was communicate, say that we were aware, we, our hearts are, you know, with everybody, we're going to, you know, be part of this whole situation. But um, we had drop-in counseling, so we went to the high school the first day. The FBI and American Red Cross took over the high school the second day, so we in the elementary opened two of our other schools we opened a summer school a couple of days later. We had counseling for staff. We had trauma-informed practices for staff, students, parents. We had English. We had Spanish. We literally didn't rest, and we had the safety audit going on. Remember, we hired them after Uvalde, yeah. and we actually worked on what you're not going to believe it, or you may, is we, they made recommendations for what is going to turn into about $6 million worth of um, Facilities hardening, behavioral training, wow. and, uh, you know, support and, and responses. And, um, Larry, it's changed and transformed Highland Park and Highwood forever, changed and transformed everybody involved. And while it was absolutely, positively, deplorably horrible, I, I'm yeah. proud to tell you, lessons learned. If you're a superintendent and you don't know your police chief, get to know him or her today. If you're a superintendent and you don't know your city manager or village manager or mayor, get to know them today. We in Highland Park have a city manager named Gita Newkirk, and in Highwood we have Scott Corin. And they, those are two municipal leaders who gather all the government agencies, the schools, the county, um, you know, libraries, you name it. All of us get together quarterly on a regular basis so we know each other. During COVID, we even went out of our own cities and talked to other people. So we had a network of communication, Larry. We had a, a, a protocol for gathering information confidentially and sharing information. So the lesson learned is because of our partnership that existed before the tragedy, we were able to arm in arm somehow get through this tragedy with a degree of sanity and also community, you know, love and kindness and counseling, compassion and support. And we opened our schools in August, and we're here today to tell you about it. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing. And, Mike, I have to ask, how did it – I know when you said all these procedural things, how did it manifest itself uh, among the, the – the kids, the students, when 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 school really returned, were they talking about it at all? Was it top of mind, or it, I realize it was July fourth, a month later, school starts. That's a long time in a kid's life. Okay, kids are can be pretty resilient. The, I'm curious how it manifested itself as school returned. This horrible shooting. It depended on the student, Larry. So you've got some students who were there and are still affected by it today, Ooh, very very oh, seriously, forever. Forever. Yeah, and forever. We have students who weren't there and have what you call survivor's guilt, and the, you know, so that's oh, a very wow. real trauma reality. You have some kids who were injured. You have some children who watched their mother, father, grandfather, or sibling get injured with a gunshot. Yeah. 
So yep. the bottom line is we have 3,900 students. So we've got 30 counselors, social workers, psychologists. We have 10 campuses, pre-K-8. We have something called Sown to Grow. It's a product that we're using this year where it's a general education universal check-in. Larry, every week, every child checks in, whether it's pre-K, you know, where the teacher does a lot of the, the you know, checking and, and reporting or up to the eighth grade and all that where everyone tells you. And that is one of our many ways where children are able to tell us how you feel and what's going on. Some kids who are not on our radar, no risk factors, no, no challenge or whatever, have come across as needing some help and we work with the families and we reach out. We've tripled our behavioral threat assessment training and our awareness of wow. any you know, concerning factors. So we've been a little bit uh, more intense in reaching out with children and families. Um, but in general, knock on wood, we're, we're doing very, very well, well all things considered. You know, of course, uh, we of also course. had staff members who were there, Larry, and they were they were well, very course, upset when yeah. we had to do our, our training well, and things. It was very least. hard. To, to say the least, I'm curious about this, Mike. I, I would have to harp on this, but I'm, I'm curious because, it, you know, I don't usually uh, I to say have the opportunity, if I may, to talk to someone who's so involved in something so important, to, such a horrible but important event, okay, that could happen anywhere. So I'm going to take anywhere. some of your advice. Yeah, I mean, obviously. By the mm -hmm. way, I, I don't know if you remember this, but one of the true victims who was shot and killed was a 90-year-old gentleman in Highland Park. We used to live in Deerfield at the, in the uh, town next to it. And that, that, that Steve Strauss was my wife's uh, stockbroker partner for years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. You see, we're yeah, all connected. Just amazing. Yeah, we are all affected. You know, we couldn't believe it Always. when we read it. And yeah. uh, in fact, he's a, he was an older man. We thought he had long retired. Yeah. He hadn't, Carol hadn't been in touch with him in years. So we were amazed yeah. when, well, it was just a, a horror show. That one really hit close to Well, they all hit yes. close to home, but that one Always. really hit close to home, you know. Of course. Because no one's safe. I'm, I'm curious, when you mentioned this, you, you guys hired a safety consultant after Uvalde, and who knew, you know, this was coming down yeah. the pike. But, um and again, this was not directed at the school district. It was directed at the no. community. This was not a yes. school shooting. This is a Correct. community mass shooting uh, thing. But I'm curious, uh, a safety consultant, you said things were are, are hardening as a result. Of that. What, what, did the, what did the safety consultant actually do? Because we're talking to a lot of superintendents and educators. You, you were smart enough to hire one, somebody who knows what they're doing in this kind of situation to make the school district safe. What did they actually look at? What did they actually do? Well, this particular group, uh, one of the, the gentlemen who is the, the primary consultant. Yes, you can mention oh, it if you want. Oh, FEA. Yeah. It was uh, Facility Engineering Associates. Okay. So Ra Randy Braverman, who is, uh, who is our lead consultant on the ground and trainer, is a member of the Illinois Terrorism Task Force. Now, Larry, as crazy as that sounds, after the Parkland massacre several years back pre-COVID, the Illinois Terrorism Task Force convened, and they had a school safety uh, council, you know, made up of union leaders and police and educators and sure. psychologists, everybody. So Randy was on that group, and Randy does training for them. So the Illinois Terrorism Task Force has, has three major recommendations after Parkland. Hardening of the facilities, which is the obvious stuff, door locks, a window film, making sure your landscaping allows for supervision, oh. signage, you know, things of that nature, visitor management, uh, double-locked doors. 
that also has a behavioral threat assessment where we actually try to have the mental health therapeutic counseling approaches with a ton of training for staff, not just social workers and psychologists, but, you know, a broader group. And they also have a response protocol. And in Illinois, something called Safe to Help Illinois, it's S-A-F-E, the number two, H-E-L-P, Illinois, is Mm. an integrated and state-funded, actually, um, S-E-L program, but more importantly for this purpose, it's a confidential um, aware alert line. And we sign up, and if someone calls, it'll route it back to us. So they, they look at the three-pronged uh, safety and security for the entire operation. They do walk-ups. They uh, try to gain entry to your school. They try to encourage mm-hmm. kids to open a door. They talk with the administrative assistants about you know, how to be uh, firm but, but, you know, compassionate about, you know, not letting anybody in if you're not sure. We talk about things like panic buttons and, you know, enhanced 911, all sorts of things that uh, they don't teach you in superintendent school. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of my questions was going to be that you ever think that you go to school to become a superintendent and teach, do you ever think it was going to be like this? I mean, my God, it's just – it's just, it's just, no. I don't mean to laugh, but it's just. Yeah, no, it's horrible. true. No, yeah, I, what know? happened to reading, writing, and arithmetic and, exactly. you know, a little bit of science exactly. and civics and geography yeah. and STEM and, wow. you know, what happened to, you know, public speaking. This is where, you know, the major training and the passion comes from to call to serve, to promote our democracy and ensure liberty and have a great educated world and equitable uh, outcomes for each child every day. That's what it's all about. So. This other stuff is highly distracting. It's highly disturbing. And we've got to get through it, though, because our our aim is equitable access to educational opportunities for every child every day. Right. (laughs) No matter what. It's just, it's, it's just nuts. You know, there's another thing I I just learned, you know, when I was reviewing before we started the show today, um, your, your district, we've always talked about this, your district, you have, there's high school districts and elementary districts, if I may, in Chicago. Yeah. And, and, but I noticed you're the, what, you're, yours is what, K-8? We're pre-K-8. We're pre-K-8. We've got um, uh, uh, 10 schools going to nine with um, preschool <laughs> through, through the eighth grade. Yeah, two middle schools, and we're going to have uh, seven elementary schools. One will be pre-K-5 in the fall. The rest are K-5. Yeah. Wow, it's 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 incredible the middle school thing. You know, I'm really I'm I'm thinking about this. You know, elementary, middle school, etc. Okay, um, how do you coordinate? This is a key thing with the superintendent at the high. Who's the who's the high school superintendent? I don't even know. Oh, sure, sure. Dr. Bruce Law is the superintendent of Township High School District 113, and Bruce and I are in touch, whether it's on the phone, email, text, or video chat. Uh, probably every other week, every school year, uh, you know, about any number of things. We have really regular, very direct, very good, uh, you know, very, very close professional uh, communications. Our staff articulate whether it's in student services or curriculum and instruction, operations, you know, literally all of our safety and security, we met with his chief operating officer. We sit at the same table. We work with the same vendors. So even though oh, that's it's key. That's interesting. That's we, interesting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the, the only weirdness 
you know, aside from not being a pre-K-12, which is the rest of the country, the rest of the free world here, (laughs) um, and even the non-free world, I think, um, is that there's two independently elected school boards, two independent tax levies, um, and two superintendents, two central offices. It's highly inefficient. um, Agreed. Yeah. yeah, It's really inefficient. inefficient. Highly inefficient, you know. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, you know, Bruce and I and and the other Bruce and I's around the world, we make it work. We work together. I work very closely with the other two elementary soups who also feed into uh, oh, that right. I forgot district. about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. So, There's other elementary superintendents that are uh, oh, like, oh, man, you know, it, 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 it's got to be hard on Bruce. Okay. He's got to deal with all these other administrations to get his kids oh, yeah. in line. And everybody has to work together because he's got kids coming in from three districts. Yeah. Okay? And, and so we try to align. The vendors, yes. Yeah. I mean, oh, it, please. It, if it's not coordinated, it gets all screwed up. Well, we've got to make sure we've got the consistent scope and sequence. Are we all teaching algebra? Are we all teaching geography? What are we doing? So we do our best, and it's probably never good enough. We're going to keep trying. We do our best to coordinate and make sure that we're talking together. We've launched a neat um, partnership. We added the, the, the numbers of our four districts, 106, 109, 113, and 112 equals 440. So we call us the Project 440 Consortium right now, and we're trying to do more together. I like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're going to be able to answer this question. How in hell did this system ever get started? Okay. Because like you said, nobody else does this. Okay. The only well, thing I can think of as close is, is like Hawaii, which is just one school district. That's one so, school district for the entire state. Okay. That's, I, that's I, pretty wild. But you know, then you I'll tell you, you here's what I think. History. Yeah. As being uh, you know, a proud Illinoisan for you know, 54 and a half years here, Larry, <laughs> It probably has to do with politics and money. I hate to tell you. <laughs> it's not pedagogy and it's not child development. So it's got to be that high schools back in the you know, 20s, 30s, 40s were considered more of the domain of men. And it was uh, higher tax rates. And then elementary was considered more the domain of females and lower tax rates. And I think somewhere and nowhere in between they ever met. Wow. Now, we do have some unit districts, which is pre-K-12, which is a normal district where you're from and where everyone yeah, else is from. Yeah, they're, they're downstate. There are pre-K-12 districts, right? Right, We've got right. a few up in Lake County now, too. They're, they're, they're sort of Whoa. moving around, but the tax wow. rate is lower. So if you're a high school, you've got the highest ability to tax. Elementary, like me, the lowest ability to tax, which is – but that we still tax too much. You know that. And then units in the middle. Yeah. So if we, if we combined with 113 and made a unit district, for example, the, the tax rate would be higher than ours but lower than theirs. And if you ask any citizen in our district, they'll tell you we tax too much no matter what. You know that. I know that. So I, I will tell you, though, I do believe it's politics and money and, you know, what you call Tawadi. That's the way we've always done it. But, but it, it's interesting about the tax rate. How do you, you running it's a district of 4,000 kids, okay? This is the North Shore yeah. District 112, which is K, pre-K-8, okay? How do you – I got to ask this question right. Figure your budget when you have a lower tax rate percentage, obviously, than a high school district. Okay, that how do you do that? Well, it's different than on the East Coast. It's different. Um, 
Well, it's, no, no, no. It's a great question. From what I understand, like in Maine and in, in New England, you've got to go to sure. your town council. You do an annual referendum. Well, Larry, the, the taxing here is so incredibly um, not taxpayer friendly, if that's a fair way to put it, <laughs> Why would they? that we're, we're allowed to run a budget surplus if needed for the rainy day fund where you're not in new england and other parts of, of the u.s you're not allowed to have a rainy day fund you've got to ask for the funds here we actually tax a little bit more than we need just in case we've got a problem and we need the money we don't want to ask somebody so over time you can we can all start doing the math and the compounding wow. effects it's really disparate and and i have to also tell you and i hate to say this um because it also exacerbates the inequities between particular zip codes of the affluent versus the disadvantaged. Explain that. Take it a little further. District like, like mine, where we have very high property wealth, I could have a lower tax rate than a, a city you know, 15, 20 miles west of me or south of me that does not have the property wealth, they have a higher tax rate, but they're generating less revenue. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's very unfair. Now, yeah, I mean, the good news in Illinois in 2017, they passed historic landmark legislation to get the adequate and equitable funding. So over a 15 to 20 year period, they would put more state aid in the districts that don't have local wealth to help ameliorate the overtaxation of those communities. The problem in communities is it's not fast enough. There's never enough money and it's going to take too much time before it reduces the burden in communities like mine. And, and you know it's interesting the way you, the way you position this because you're right on both ends. We you, school districts have to have the money to do the right job, but you don't want to overtax the people who have to give you the money. I mean, it's exactly. a real balancing act. You it's know, bizarre. And, yes, and, and you have to pay the taxes too. You live in the district, for goodness sake. I live in the district. Yeah. yeah, I have to pay the taxes. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's too much. It's too much. Wow. It is well. It just it's it's well. So so. By the way, Mike is an ex social studies teacher, like I am. Okay. Yes. And, and you, <laughs> you must be smarter than me because uh, none of my friends were good at math. Okay, in, in college. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that good at math. No, no, I've got a really good team who helps all me this out. You know, I'm, I'm very impressed. Okay. <laughs> that, you, that you've been able to do that. Well, wow. we were all glad to get rid of Math 101, that requirement, I remember, in, the, in college to move on to the history courses. Okay? It, 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 <laughs> and here you are. That's all right. All right? So, That's right. It is. It's hysterical. So, all right. So, forgetting the horrors of July 4th, your July 4th next year will be a lot better. Okay? Um, what what else? As you, as you work through your this post-COVID era, okay, and, and, and put aside the shooting for a second, which I know security, uh, what are the top priorities as, as you look at your district? Well, the and top priorities, to yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the top priorities are, are literally, yeah. no, no joke, reading, writing, and arithmetic, yeah. making sure that we are providing yeah. equitable access to excellent educational opportunity for each child every day. That's not just a phrase or a mantra, that's an absolute priority. Right. No, no, absolutely. And right. we can't work fast enough, hard enough, or, or intervene enough on, on core uh, and tier two, you know, tier one and tier two instruction. We can't do it fast enough 
or thoughtfully or effectively enough the kids need it. Yes, the entire world is behind due to COVID. The economy is behind. Supply chain is behind. Global relations are behind. So is math attainment and so is English attainment. It's all behind. That's, that's accurate. Sadly, it's all level, Larry. The, yeah. the haves are still above the have-nots. Those who yeah. are performing better are still performing better. So, let, you know, I'm not going to get all crazy with interrupted learning and learning loss. That's not driving me crazy. What's driving me crazy is making sure that we take some of the really cool adaptive changes that we did immediately that were good and we don't forget them. I don't want us all to recoil back to the old traditional ways of, you know, the cemetery effect of rows of kids in, in 40-minute drone-on well, lectures no for a 14-year-old. No I don't want to go there. You know, the priority is innovative practices, too. And with the mental health crisis that was put forth when we took away social connection of children by closing uh, in-person schooling and adults by closing in-person work, we're yep. now facing the repercussions of that. And it's yep. not just falling on the schools. It's society. It's society. So we've got to get out of it and get out of the, the negative mentality. So the priority is education, number one, first and foremost. It, it really is. And, you know, you, you said something that always struck me. I'm, I'm always curious about this. COVID, I'm paraphrasing you. COVID put everybody behind, okay? Literally, yeah. it put everybody behind in everything. So if, I have to ask this. This, this. this is something that doesn't make sense to me. If everybody is behind, and let's assume, we can assume they are, why are they behind? Why don't we change the standards so everybody's equal again we would take it where we are and move from here as opposed to calling ourselves behind and i'm wondering what we're be, what we are behind of yeah okay. we're not Does behind that make any anything. sense at all it you does. I mean? We're really not behind. Yeah. No, yeah, we're not behind anything. What it is is <laughs> this is where Illinois sadly transcends the United States. It's politics and money. It's the high politicization of you know. Listen, this is the 40th anniversary of no of no child or, or the nation at risk. And yeah. Yeah. Um, in July, I'm going to the Reagan National Library with the National Ooh. Superintendent Roundtable and the Schlechty Center, Great. and we're going good, to have a convening. Of mine. I, was just, I was just talking to uh, <laughs> I was just talking to Steve McCammon about this. I'm not surprised. Schlecht. There You're you go. Surprised. I'm not surprised. No. And I'll tell you this, and get to know this guy. I bet he's still there. The director of education at the Reagan Library is a guy named Tony Penny, and he okay. is one hell of a great guy. And they have well, great educational materials at the Reagan Center. Okay, so well, just I'm writing this down because I'm going to say hello. To this. Yes, he's a great guy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But that, I'm well, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You're going to the Reagan. No, you're library perfect. With, with, yeah, no, you're yeah, perfect. Yeah. So I'm doing that because this convening this summer is what's really going to catapult some of my intellectual thinking for the, the coming school year. But the bottom line is the nation was at risk, and we've done remarkable work, public schools, private schools, all schools in the last 40 years. Here's the bottom line. At some point, we've got to end the rhetoric and the over-politization, and it's easier for me to say it for my office in Highwood, Illinois, you know, than, you know, with, you know, being, you know, a, a, a needle in a haystack here. But the bottom line is, what are we behind in? And if everyone else is behind 
enough is enough. Let's let's move forward. Let's take us where we are and go forward. Are we providing opportunities for kids? Do kids know math? Are they succeeding in high school for my world, college, career, military, occupation, and the trades yes. from the high school level? And if we are, then stop telling us how bad everybody is. We're not so bad. We're not so bad. That's exactly my point. We're, we're all in this. <clears throat> we, we, prior to COVID, we all might have been further along. But because of COVID, we're not. Okay? Yeah. And that's everybody. Okay? Exactly. So everybody has to stop saying we're behind and we have to readjust. Okay? Exactly. And try to think, are we really behind anything? If everybody's at the same place, nobody's behind. No. Okay? And, and it's, you know, it, it, we, have to, we have to start beating ourselves up on that kind of thing. Well, okay, we, and people, we, we really, you know, yeah. really and some in public school think that there's a conspiracy from the private group that wants to get rid of public schools. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I don't really be, you know, believe in things like that. But I will say this, the public schools are the great equalizer and the balance of our social experiment and the social machine. And we're going to continue to support them regardless of anything and anyone. They will be supported forever. Our founding fathers wanted us to do this. We're going to continue to do this. Can we get better? Heck yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I want to get better. I always want to do something better. And if I'm doing something wrong, I'm going to be the first one to tell you or accept it when someone else tells me so I can get better. Good man. Do you know my buddy over in the Meriden, Connecticut, Mark Benini? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know him very well, but I, I know of his work, and guys, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah you, you guys would really like each other. He's got a really cool district. In fact, it's Miguel Cardona's kids' district. Okay. Oh, I love it. Okay, thank cool? you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is cool. But at any rate, that's besides the point. Since you've used the term, I'll plug his book. Uh, Mark and a few other people wrote a book about public education. It's a recent book. It's called The Great Equalizer, which is exactly what you just said. I love it. Okay, uh, I'm writing it down. Thank you. Yeah, the great equalizer, Mark Benini. And speaking of books, this is a brilliant segue, i got to tell you. You, almighty author, okay, <laughs> have, written, have, <laughs> have written three books already. What, what are you working on now? I know you're working on something. So with uh, my good friends Nick Poliak from Leiden, he's just a guest. Him. What does he do yes. for a living, Nick Poliak? Oh, he's, he's a good man. And P.J. Uh, Capozzi, Illinois Superintendent uh, of the Year, P.J. Capozzi, one, who yeah. you know too. Oh, the yeah, three yeah. of us are writing uh, The Unfinished Teacher, which is um, going to be released for Back to School. It's Roman and Littlefield. And, Larry, the intent of the book is really to help teachers reclaim their why and to provide uh, prospective teachers with a view into their professional future. And it's really, it's the unfinished teacher becoming the next version of yourself. I think that's great. I think that's Thank great. You. you know, we always talk about the whole child. Yeah, this is and, the whole and, teacher. And, and we, should, we never talk about the whole teacher. Okay. <laughs> and, yes. And, and, well, I, actually, you did it, but you said it the opposite. It's the unfinished teacher. Okay? That's right. That's we, right. We've got to make people whole. Okay. And also make people make people understand. And by the way, you guys are invited, obviously, to come on and talk about the book whenever you want to Thank come you. on and talk about it. Thank okay? you so you know, much. You know, Appreciate you have a that. Standing invitation for that. Okay. Thank you, sir. But you know, we really got to think about that. And on that note, okay. And I think you're doing okay. But tell me if you're not. Uh, and please feel free to do a plug. But teacher retention, teacher recruitment. How are we doing at that? Which which is on every superintendent's mind these days. I hope things uh, are going well at one twelve. But what's going on over there? 
Well, we all need to do a better job, and we as a nation have to change the narrative that teaching is the noblest profession of all. Teaching is the profession that creates all other professions. Right now, we're having trouble retaining staff. We're having trouble recruiting staff. We're having trouble recruiting staff who are of a diverse ethnicity, religion, race. We're yeah. having trouble all over. Even here in 112, which is kind of a bubble and kind of isolated from some of the troubles of the world, we had three first-year teachers leave mid-year this oh. year, oh. and this is a microcosm you know, of larger districts, obviously, and we are working on retention and we're working on recruitment. We've actually launched a Greater Chicago Metro and Greater Milwaukee Metro uh, recruitment push for the last couple Great. of years. Yeah. Great. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, cur- I'm, I'm just curious not to dig pain into the wound. Okay. I'm sure you talk to those young teachers and, you know, not everybody's cut out for teaching. Let's be honest. Okay. And sometimes it's yeah. brave to say, I'm not cut out for this. Okay. Yeah. I'm not doing the job I wanted to do. So I don't want to come down on those three people, but what was the reason that they left new teachers? That's I, it never happened when I was a teacher. I'll give the general reason not to identify any particular, you know, individual. Right now, the emotional pressure of being a teacher, this mission we have and this passion we have and this calling we have is very emotional. And we assume the emotional experiences of the children, of the families, of our colleagues. And sometimes right now it's just untenable because individually we're going through too much. That's, that's, That's what's going on. Yeah, it's it's so hard, and, and and you know we talk about SEL for the students, social emotional, whatever you want to call it. Okay, yeah. we got to make sure that the teachers are okay too. Okay, we need the it for the teachers. High... Don't forget our teachers, please. Thank yeah. you, Larry. Please, yeah. yeah I mean, I mean it sincerely. It's 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 I tough. Know. It's very very tough. We got to go, Mike. This is great. I love I love this Thanks, whole conversation, Larry. and I'm glad the school Appreciate district you. has recovered. Is recovering. You're taking yes. good care of the kids from July 4th and. Uh, it'll hopefully well it's going to affect for a long time but uh yes. you guys do a great job over there okay and thank I will, you for I will letting me stop this, by oh are you kidding and i will send this to dr poljak okay you better. And let him do something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over Thanks, in Leiden high school district the, down near o'hare everybody he was yes. on the show on thursday okay nick was okay <laughs> mike thanks a million okay we'll talk again thanks larry soon. take care thank best you, to buddy. you and your family thanks thank Bye-bye. you you too Bye-bye. Okay. Can't go wrong with Mike Lubelfeld. Highland Park, Illinois, just north of Chicago. All right. And it's uh, North Shore District 112. Thank you, Illinois, for making that harder. Okay. We talked about that. Okay. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. Everything we do over there, it's all about equity, our magazine, etc. It's free for educators. Go over, take a look. Everybody, thanks for listening.